This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. On this edition of Finsider Daily, we look at the art behind the Davian Clowney trade. Not necessarily the trade itself, but why it's so difficult to trade for him at this point. That we know how it's talked about on an earlier episode. We're going to dive into the nitty-gritty details. We'll also talk about the Dolphins' interest in left tackle Trent Williams. How does it make sense for the Dolphins? What might the interest mean for the Dolphins? And how can we predict the future based off this trade? We'll also look at the quick recap of joint practices in Tampa. And much more here on Finsider Daily. Hello and welcome to another edition of Finsider Daily. This is Matt Kanata. I will be your pilot today. As we get ready for the Dolphins' preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming Friday at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Dolphins holding joint practices with the Buccaneers this week. They held their first practice on Monday. A few things to take away from that before we jump into the details of the Jadavian Clowney trade and why it's so difficult and also the Dolphins' interest in Trent Williams. I'm just going to kind of give a quick recap of the joint practices. You know, it's very interesting reading both teams' accounts, right? Because you have reporters from one side, reporters from the other side, blogs from one side, blogs from the other side. So I kind of took a look at the two and compared it and, you know, made observations based off that. Obviously, I'm not there in person, but... It's, it's the internet age, everything's online, and you can get an update without even being there and still have a really good idea of what's going on. For the Dolphins, uh, Xavier Howard got burned early by Mike Evans, but he put it behind him. Uh, racked up, some say one, some say two interceptions. Uh, one of them was out of bounds, but he, nonetheless, he still, you know, technically, not technically, but caught the ball from the other quarterback and made the catch. So... Interception landed out of bounds, let's say, and then an actual real interception that would have counted in a game. So he recovered very nicely, which is obviously what you want to see. Um, You know, something that stood out that was reported by the Dolphins website is in a one-on-one passing drill, pass rushing drill. We all know Adamican Sue it was with the Buccaneers right now, but rookie guard Shaq Calhoun actually stood him up in a one-on-one drill. Although Sue came back to win the second rep, which is no surprise, you know, a veteran, a savvy veteran, a very good veteran, perhaps maybe a future Hall of Famer, who knows. But, uh, you know, to, to stand him up on the first time is really 
it's really good to see. And we need the offensive line to really improve because they got absolutely burned, burned by the Buccaneers' defensive line. And it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Uh, the quarterbacks were running all day for their lives. And this is a real issue going into the regular season. The Dolphins need to figure something out. And, you know, I don't know what the answer is. It's going to have to, you know, be a combination of the guys on the roster moving guys around. But but it's not looking pretty right now. Hopefully, things kind of turn around and they get moving on the right track. But... If they don't, it is not going to be pretty. It is, you know, not going to be something that is conducive to a winning environment. And it is not something that is going to help these quarterbacks develop, most especially Josh Rosen. Because if you want to see what he can do in a full season or as much as he's going to play, you need to have an offensive line to protect him. And the Dolphins got absolutely beat up. Three sacks allowed. False start as well added to it. Um, and this was in the span of four plays. So three sacks, false start. Larry Tunsil, Michael Dieter, Daniel Kilgore, Shaq Hoon, and Jesse Davis. Three sacks, false start in a span of four plays. That's terrible. Obviously, Brian Flores said, I think that's something we need some improvements on. I thought that was evident. Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles does a great job defensively. He's got a married out of schemes. It's what we're going to have to deal with. He continued, I think we have, could have done a better job there. That's good. We need to see that. It's better for that to happen in a practice setting. We'll learn from it and make the corrections, and hopefully that's better in the game. But yeah, that's part of the learning process here. Damn right, Flores. It is better to see it in a practice than it is in the game. Uh, Flores hinted, according to Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald, that he's inclined to write out the growing pains of his two rookie guards, Michael Deiter and Shaq Calhoun, saying these situations for those guys, especially the young, specifically the young guys, but really the entire line working as a group, this is good. Now, Isaiah Prince, the Miami Dolphins draft pick, late round draft pick this past uh, April, was actually thrown out of a drill and chewed out by Coach Googs early in Tuesday's practice. Prince obviously was not following the right technique, the right directions. Googs made a direct example of him, and I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Again, And, you know, Brian Flores, when speaking about Googs, said I, he's a fiery, high-energy coach. And Adam Beasley also says, that he has really ramped up the intensity and accountability since taking over for a fire Pat Flaherty two weeks ago. Returning home is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who he was with the Buccaneers for the past two seasons. Uh, very familiar, obviously, with the other players on the team. Very familiar with the practice facilities. Almost, you can say, he's in his home turf. But he's still playing against the same offensive line that Josh Rosen is, and we know that is not a recipe for success. Up and down days for both quarterbacks. Nothing to write home about. Josh Rosen did have a nice, beautiful deep pass. But again, uh, you know, nothing to really hone in on, say, okay, this guy's turning the corner or this guy is taking control of the lead again in terms of Fitzpatrick's case. Now, Brian Flores was asked about Josh Rosen, was not ready to anoint him a starter with anything yet, said he has a lot of work to do, especially around his body language. His body language with Rosen has been an issue going back to his college days, some say high school days, where it's, you know, it's nothing, I don't think, bad, but... You hear people say, well, that person has uh, resting 
Um, can't say it on the air, but resting fill in the blank face, right? They're not mean. They're not. They're not a but. But it's just the way they look, right? And they can't really help it. They can work to control it if they're self-conscious of it. And that's something with Josh Rosen that he needs to work on, being self-conscious of having that look on him and being positive when things go wrong and not moping his head and not just sitting there with that, you know, frown on his face, you know, working together with his teammates to get them going, to get them ramped up, to show that positive body language. Listen, if you're the head coach, if you're the quarterback of the team, if you're a captain and you have poor body language, no matter in what organization what world uh, what profession you are in if you're at the top of the food chain if you're a leader you need to show good body language even in times of trouble because the rest of the team most definitely picks up on that and you cannot have that so Flores is basing it on that and other uh, tangibles that you don't see on the field Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly has the lead Ryan Fitzpatrick will start on Friday against the Buccaneers. At least that's what Flores alluded to. And if that's the case, all signs are pointing to Fitzpatrick opening the season against the Baltimore Ravens in week one. And again, as we've said on the show, and as many people have said elsewhere, if the Dolphins do do that, the logical step is for Josh Rosen to take the reins after their bye week. More observations from the Bucks joint practice. Kenya Drake limped off the field with a member of the medical team early in practice. Lower body injury. There is no update on Drake as of Flores' press conference. Robert Kimdichi, who signed with the Dolphins last week. There is no commitment and promises from Brian Flores regarding his health and availability for the start of the regular season. He is still currently rehabbing a knee he injured last December. He is on the physically unable to perform list. Flores said Rob is doing everything he can to get on the field as quick as possible. Dolphins suffering quite a few uh, dings, the injury dings against the Buccaneers and recovering from some as well. The following were held out of Tuesday's practice. Kim Dietschy, Walt Agins, Rashad Jones, Andrew Van Ginko, Chase Allen, Jakeem Grant, Raekwon McMillan, Quentin Poling, Cordrea Tankersley, Kiko Alonso, and TJ McDonald. It's that time of the year, folks. Everyone's always injured in the NFL. It's just a matter if you're hurt or if you can play through it. Cornerback Eric Rowe returned to practice after missing the first preseason game with an unspecified injury. The Dolphins will be back at it today with the Buccaneers obviously hoping to improve and getting going. On uh, highlights from the Buck side, right? Because, again, it's always fun to see the other side's report as well. And, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, Buck, the Buccaneers, uh, BucksNation.com reports they consistently beat their man. And I don't know if they consistently beat their man. Uh, they think that's a little hyperbole from them. But, um, you know, again, it's the other side's report. So it's the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Up and down stretch for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs. Uh, Dolphin linebackers and passing drills. Won some, lost some. Overall was pretty much even. Special teams. Head coach Bruce Arians has spoken about their execution in the past and identified it as an earlier as he'd like to get right. But it was a pretty bad stretch for the Buccaneers. Self-inflected mental errors. Nothing special the Dolphins did. But, uh, you know, for the Buccaneers and for Buccaneers fan, that is something that you are really need to going to watch and work on for this coming season. Jameis Winston had an up and down day, which, you know, they just said Godwin and Evans consistently beat their man. Winston had an up and down day. It wasn't like Winston was throwing darts all day to them. 
Um, you know, they said that he was off the mark on some and, you know, just inaccurate on others. But no credit to the Miami Dolphins defense, which is fine. Uh, Rashad Perriman had a few drops and several mistakes on the wide receiver core. So in a nutshell, nothing really to write home about. Dolphins, Buccaneers, joint practice once again. Back at it today. Now, let's shift our gears here a little bit. You've heard all the rumors about Jadavian Clowning. You've heard all the rumors, which kind of broke two days ago, but Dolphins Twitter, including myself, didn't really pick up on it until late Monday evening, and that was that the Dolphins had inquired about Trent Williams, the left tackle from the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are constantly rebuffing teams who are inquiring about him, so it does not look he is going to be moved anytime soon. It looks like they're going to dig in on this, which is a little bit crazy on their part, but whatever. Um, You know, Trent Williams is a 31-year-old left tackle. said he will not return to the Redskins this season because he's unhappy with the way the medical team treated a possible growth on his head, and thankfully nothing crazy serious, but... He does not want to be with the team anymore. Now, there are analysts out there who believe, and NFL insiders who believe, that the Redskins might be able to fetch a second-round pick for Williams. Probably not a first pick. Second-round pick sounds reasonable for a premier left tackle, one of the best left tackles in the league. Now, the Redskins are feeling the hurt of not having Williams at camp, but it's the card they're dealt with and the card they have to move on with so Williams who wants to be traded will also consider a higher uh, paycheck he said if the Redskins pay him more he will come back it could be the Redskins are trying to call his bluff here and understand that he may return but we've seen now Le'Veon Bell hold out we see Melvin Gordon might hold out for the season Ezekiel Elliott threatening to hold out for the season I don't think he does this might not be the rare occurrence anymore as we continue to move on the next few years Adrian Peterson when talking about Trent Williams the best left tackle in a league hands down the most athletic left tackle in the NFL to not have him on the left side that hurts so and then you go to social media Former Redskins safety Sua Cravens referenced Williams in a long Twitter thread in which he said the Redskins accused him of inventing an injury and denied him insurance while he recovered from a concussion. That's insane. A multi-billion dollar organization, one of the richest organizations in the NFL in terms of net worth, denied their own player insurance. The Redskins are an absolute joke. I'm sorry. They are an absolute joke. Their ownership team is an absolute mess. Now, just to be clear, he wasn't talking about Williams' injury and the Redskins denying him insurance. He was talking about himself, that the Redskins had denied him insurance. Sua Cravens, he was denied insurance by the Redskins. But referencing Williams to say kind of the point that this is something their medical team does, that they they kind of misdiagnose, they look at things the wrong way, and... It just doesn't not sound like a good situation at all. Now, here's where the Dolphins' um, you know, future comes into play, right? They inquired about Trent Williams, but you say, why? They have Laramie Tunsil. Okay, but Simon Clancy, uh, well-known, three yards per carry, one of our friends. Uh, we think he's our friend. We don't know who our friends are anymore, honestly, on Twitter and in the Twitter world. 
it's such a bad, not a bad, but almost toxic environment. I'm going to kind of get on a soapbox here, so just bear with me. With some podcasters, some other websites, and, and taking this whole thing of competition way too far. Listen, guys, there is way more than enough room for all of us here on the internet. There is no need to go all out and try to, you know, look at people as competition. And for those who do and for those who take no prisoners in their approach to covering the Dolphins, it's not a good look. That's not how you're going to survive and thrive in this profession. But you guys do you. And then we're going to leave it at that. It's a whole other episode for another day, possibly. Anyways, uh, what can that be for the future? Simon Clancy from Three Yards Per Carry, they do like us. Um, I will say that. I know they're our friends. I know I just said they're not our friends, but they are our friends, I think. Anyways, he said that Stephen Ross really wants Tua, the quarterback from Alabama. I'm not going to even try to say his last name right now because I don't have the pronunciation in front of me. He said that the Dolphins are interested in Tua. Stephen Ross wants Tua. And when you have a left-handed quarterback, guess what? You need a right tackle, a good right tackle to protect his blind side. Dolphins perhaps looking at this trade in hopes of securing that right tackle, the elite right tackle for their left-handed quarterback. Risky move, obviously, doing that advance because if you don't get the first pick in the draft and a team like the Bengals do, then they're probably taking Tua, right? And then you're left with a right-handed quarterback and – Really good bookends, but maybe more than you'd be willing to pay for two really good bookends. Because let's face it, you're not moving Tunsil to left tackle. Now, you might move Trent Williams to guard. Maybe, probably, I don't know. Likely not. More so, probably moving him to right tackle. But again, it does not look like the Redskins are interested in trading Williams at this time. But that's just kind of a look at you know what the Dolphins may be thinking for down the road and trying to get their bookends set now. But again, still risky for a 31-year-old uh, tackle, but still one of the best in the game. You can move him to right tackle, and maybe Tunsil move to right tackle. Who knows what they're thinking, but right now it looks like it's not going to happen. Jadavian Clowney also talking in the trade rumor mill. I know Houts talked about that on his Finsider Daily Show, so we're not going to go and get into Clowney and what he can bring to the Dolphins and so forth. But I will talk about why it's so hard to trade for Clowney at this time. So anyone who's trading for Clowney would be getting a services for one year. And there's no ability to sign him to an extension until after the regular season ends. Okay, uh, based on the NFL rules, based on uh, the franchise tag and so forth, they cannot sign him to an extension until after the regular season ends. So that makes it difficult because his price tag can go way out of the roof. And for Clowney, there's no sense in him signing a deal when he can hit the open market. And we know what happens on the open market. The money gets absolutely insane. So at that point, Clowney, according to Pro Football Talk, would have the leverage of a 20% raise over his 2019 salary, whether it's almost $16 million or if his grievance regarding his alleged status as a defensive end is successful, just over $17 million. That equates to either $19 million or $20 million for 2020, either of which becomes a starting point for negotiations on a long-term deal. Again, very expensive for Clowney. But some are saying the Texans may want a first-round draft pick. I don't think anyone's going to offer a first-round draft pick. Some are saying the Texans would settle on a second and third. That's a little more realistic. But again, Clowney holds all the leverage. People are saying John McClain down in Houston is saying that he'd be surprised if Clowney was not traded. 
There was a rumor that Miami did try to trade for him, but Clowney refused to go to Miami. That could be very possible. And if that's so, well, that deal is dead. But it also could be things being leaked to the media, Miami leaking stuff to the media saying they don't have any interest anymore or they won't be trading for Clowney because maybe they're the only ones interested to try to uh, gain leverage in the negotiations and bring down the price tag just a little bit. Now, some say Clowney would not be a fit in Miami. I said that's absolutely hogwash. He is an impact two-way defender who can play in multiple positions and multiple schemes. He is actually the perfect fit for the Miami Dolphins coaching staff. And at this front office, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yes, his price tag is very expensive, but it just may be that impact player that Dolphins are willing to pay for. Really tough to say, uh, you know, because Chris Greer did say in the past that he'd rather spend money on two or three good players than one elite player. But when you have a talent like Clowney, a young talent like Clowney as defensive end, that can change your mind just a little bit, especially when the Dolphins have the cap space to sign him to a long-term monster deal. So that's where you stand on the Jadavian Clowney front. Does not look like there's any movement there. Definitely looks like there's no movement on the Trent Williams front as well. So business as usual for the Miami Dolphins. Back to joint practices with the Buccaneers. They will continue to look to improve their team on the practice field and also through the waiver wire and through possible trades. Otherwise, they are going to head into the season with what they have and do the best they can with the lack of talent they have because it is going to be very interesting to watch how this season unfolds. That's going to do it for me here on Finsider Daily. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one.